I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Landon Glenn, Chief Executive Officer and founder of Acer Technologies. We'll get into what Acer Technologies itself does a little later on. But first of all, Landon is going to tell us why he's not a fan of banking as a service. What's the problem with banking as a service from your perspective? You know, there's some problems on the customer level that really hit home for me. If I want to use new technology, and I've already got a relationship with a local institution and all of my accounts are there, it's not in my best interest many times to pull my credit, open new credit cards, or to move banks to be able to try out a new app. Surely it's in the interest of the institution, though, to take that on board, to take the new technology on board. Yeah, it's really, it's a tough thing because if you're wanting to try out an app like Chime or Simple or an app that's a new neobank, or maybe there's somebody that builds an app for real estate, the you know excitement is there to have that to manage my accounts, but all of my accounts and all of my loans are already at a different bank. And so for me as an end user, I've got to open up new accounts and move everything to this new organization to make it work, which is a, it's a, big disruption for me. But aren't people doing that though? They are. Right now, the only option is you can either get the newest and best tech, or you can choose to stay at the bank with the technology they currently have. You can't get those apps from your bank today, so you have to make a tough choice. What's the answer then? Because presumably there are banks who are in this position wondering which way they've got to jump, what technology do they go with, Are they going to make the right decision? Is it everything they want it to be? Can they do it in time and to budget? What's the solution? Well, I was on with another bank this morning, and he estimated that the average cost for a fintech to go to market with a banking as a service type platform is going to be somewhere between in the low millions or even two to five million dollars to go to market. The reason is you have to have compliance. You have to almost become a bank. You have to worry about regulatory burdens that you've never heard of. You've got to have your own compliance team. And so that time to market, it can be six months, it can be a year. We're building ways to do it faster in the industry. But the problem is there's a huge vendor due diligence issue, and there's a huge liability piece for the bank because they're putting their charter on the line so that this fintech can sell banking products or services. But then the bank tells the fintech, you can't advertise on social media without running it by us first. (laughs) Like, well, what's the turnaround? Uh, Two, three weeks? And they lose that nimble approach of being able to pivot A-B test different messaging. They become very restricted by the regulatory and compliance barriers of the banking industry. So the whole collaborative banking movement that we're building, we've invented a new framework where instead of having to become as a bank to be able to play in the space, we integrate with the backend repositories or the core processors in the United States. And then we tokenize and anonymize all of the usernames, passwords, account numbers, and we anonymize the regulated data as well. So any PII data, for the first time ever, you can turn on a fintech solution and try it out without telling them your name or your email or what bank you're with. Is it the customer who's going to the fintech or is it the bank that's going to the fintech? Well, you hit on the head another differentiator. Every other app store or marketplace out there, 
is bank facing. So the bank has to try and decide what tech they want to give their member. And I don't like being told what I can and can't use as an individual. I think in the industry, even the core processors, they tell me, I want to control my banks. I want to tell them what they can and can't do. And then you've got the banks that are saying, I want to control the user and what they see and what they have. But what we're seeing with open banking is users are just going out and getting whatever tech they want. They're able to go on the Apple App Store and download an app. And then that app has its own checking accounts, credit cards, and loans. So now they're having to open accounts and transition their business over to be able to consume that exciting new technology. So for the ASA model, we're giving the end user or the business or the personal consumer-facing app user the ability to choose the tech they want. So I could have five different apps that work with my local institution, and my wife could have five different ones as well, and they all work with the exact same account. Okay, there's a couple of issues we need to quantify here. The first one is compliance. Presumably, with anonymizing the data, you get round or you avoid a lot of the compliance and regulatory issues that you might otherwise run into. Correct. Does that have to be explained to people? Because I've had conversations before within the industry, and we toss terms like compliance backwards and forwards. Does the average user understand what compliance is and what they need to worry about? Or is it something that you try and take out of the equation? Uh, When you say the average user, that would be a consumer of an app, right? A consumer of an app, yes. Well, right now, I mean, nearly nine out of 10 Americans are using fintech. And to use it, they're having to give up their personal data. They're having to share usernames, passwords, account numbers, and they're doing it because it's the only way to connect. I was in an Uber just yesterday and the driver said, I'm giving away all my data and I don't know if this feels right, but I'm just going to trust them and see what happens. And so there's more and more privacy concern in the industry as a whole, especially what we've with what we've seen happening recently. And the issue is that there is no safe private way to use fintech at scale. And that's what ASA has built. The first ever vault for your personal data where you can have a safe, secure, and private, easy to use way to turn on fintech. So today you have to go download a fintech, share your credentials, and turn it on. And so you're giving up that personal information. And if the fintech breaks, you have to fix them one by one. There's a bit of friction. What ACE is building is a world where the ACE of Vault is directly integrated with the backend core, and then we're able to make it private where you don't have to share any personal information at all with any app if you don't want to. You can still choose to share whatever you want, of course, but we act like sign on with Apple, with OAuth, where you just click on any fintech and it will, and then you say, I want to share my credit card data with this app, or I want to share my mortgage and my all my loans. This is a business app. I'm going to give them everything. And then it creates a dynamic URL that downloads the fintech and then it primes and registers the fintech and, and permissions the data sharing instantly. So you can quickly and seamlessly turn on any app you want and just as easily uncheck the box and sever the data connection so there's no more data being shared and you have no PII left behind or exposed. Okay, this sounds great for the fintechs because it means they're going to get customers more easily. They don't have to jump through regulatory hoops to do so. 
It sounds great for the customers because you anonymize their data and they've got an entire playing field of fintechs that they can go play with. What's in this for the banks? Yeah, so right now, banks want to offer exciting new technology, but there's no scalable way to do it. So what ASA does is we're one single partnership, one single integration to their core, and then any app they like, they can turn on without having to have it touch their core. It doesn't have to integrate. It doesn't have to see any regulated data. There's no third-party vendor due diligence. So they find an app they like, they send it to ASA, and we can turn it on in less than a week. So it allows them to have these apps out there in the marketplace, bringing them customers. Fintechs are very great at building affinity-based solutions and you know, niche experiences like Maybe you build an app for kids when they turn 18 and it helps them set up their first credit card and it helps them build their credit with reminders. And if they don't pay that $100 limit credit card off by the due date, it'll ACH the money from their mom's account and save them. And then they can pay their mom back later. So that app doesn't exist yet today, but it could tomorrow. So we're partnering with um, institutions that want to build this tech and use and leverage universities as innovation hubs where anyone can build an app and bring it to market without having to have a million dollars, without having to spend a year on it. Any indie developer can now bring apps to the market at scale. And so we relate that kind of like what Apple did with the App Store. Prior to that, it was BlackBerry and you had almost no apps. And then Steve Jobs opened up the platform. In the first 12 months, they had 75,000 apps and a billion downloads. And it shows how much pent up demand there was to consume technology. The same thing. No, 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 is no. It shows how much pent up demand there was for Angry Birds. <laughs> Angry Birds. I love that. No, but seriously, <laughs> yes, I can see that there's an avalanche of potentially of apps coming down the road. There's already quite a lot available for people. How do we make sure that they're, they work, they're safe to use, and that my money's not going to disappear in a black hole? So the two key components of ASA are, number one, no sharing regulated data or PII. It's all anonymized and tokenized. So that makes it private, safe, and secure. The second component is the fintechs will not be selling regulated products. They don't have a debit card with their logo on it. They don't quote rates or uh, sell, you know, the terms on loans or anything like that, what they're going to do is provide an app for farmers that tracks the price of grain in real time and looks at the weather patterns and forecasts the yield for that farm. And then using all of the satellite yield data, comparing the last two years history and all of the other farms in town, they can say, hey, this farmer is going to need a $30,000 line of credit to get to harvest. And now that data can be shared with the bank because the fintech data and the bank data work together for the benefit of the end user. So this is going to allow people to never have to fill out a personal financial statement again. All of their data is readily accessible, all of their history. It's basically combining all of the benefits of what the fintech data and their machine learning and AI and predictive analytics and all the things they can build. And that data is being used for the banks that don't have that ability and they need someone to turn that data into dollars and opportunities. And so as an end user, you're going to have the richest, fullest experience in your finances possible because everybody's working together. You know, when you look at open banking or other types of models out there, everybody's competing for the same end user. You've got 
banks that are creating open APIs, and then you've got neobanks trying to consume that data, and then they're trying to switch the user over. So everybody's fighting and trying to break each other's systems and make it not work and hold on. Well, guess what? FinTechs aren't very good at being banks. <laughs> and <laughs> banks aren't very good at being FinTechs. So let's let them both do what they do best, and let's make it so they can do it together in a safe, compliant way. And that would be the collaborative model. That is the collaborative model. Landon Glenn, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Acer Technologies, thank you very much.